Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Today is the new year for the church. Today is the first day of the new liturgical season, first Sunday of Advent, not January 1st, as we would think it would be. We are now just starting into the season of Advent. The season of Advent, in my mind, actually is a season of vision, being able to see. Because when we enter into the season of Advent, it asks us to look back 2,000 years or so ago at the coming of Jesus Christ. Advent also asks us to look forward to the coming of Christ in his glory. And then the reality of looking at life today in and through our lives in and through Jesus Christ in our lives. Now those are the three main elements of the season of Advent. Being able to look, being able to see. Now we go back and we think and we remember the birth of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. You know, it's not the stuff that we see in the newspaper all the time, or, you know, it's not going to Macy's or Target's or Kmart or whatever the situation. But the reality of Christmas, if we really think of what Christmas is all about, in a very dynamic, cosmic episode, all of the divine and all of humanity was united into one. Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Christmas year after year after year. We also, as we hear many times and read many times in scripture about Jesus coming again, another Christmas, but when Jesus will come in all his glory and power as God. And then as what's come to be understood, the end of the world. What we don't understand is what the end of the world means. Does it mean the end of the world, it's going to blow up and everybody's going to be gone? I guess that's a possibility. We don't know. Or is there going to be this cosmic event that retakes place again in the world? in which all people will celebrate Jesus Christ. And then when that occurs, Jesus comes in glory and power and magnificence. I can't give you the answer. I know those are two elements that are discussed. But whatever the situation, I believe it's going to be the second, the latter part, that will take place. And that brings us to the advent in which now we look at our current times. Now, you heard in the, in the gospel reading all this turmoil, all this stuff that's going to take place. And you've got to admit, 
I think it's taking place now, don't you? Look at all the, the stuff that we have with terrorism. All the poverty that we have. All the violence that we have in our own country, let alone by terrorism. There's wars being fought. But that's been throughout history. It's the same like when the, the scripture was written. They were undergoing persecution and all these events. So when is it going to foretell the end of the world? We don't know. And will again it be that all of these events stop and Jesus reigns supreme? All people. You know, if we go into the Old Testament and read the first book of, the, of, of, of Scripture in Genesis, we see the Garden of Eden. We see God creating the world. And this, is, this, is, this Garden of Eden was where there was peace and harmony and justice and unity with God. God was the center of the Garden of Eden for that life. Jesus is also known as the new Adam. And in Jesus' birth gives us a chance to see and enter into the Garden of Eden again. And then I also believe that when Jesus comes again, it will be like the Garden of Eden. What God had intended for each and every one of us. So what we need to do in our Advent is we need to prepare for that second coming of Christ. We need to celebrate the first coming. We need to appreciate it. We need to understand how that affects our lives, each and every one of us. How Jesus Christ and who he is, what he stood for, what he taught becomes an intimate part of you and me. And if we allow that to take place, then when we are confronted in our own lives, maybe with people we don't like to be with, but we're there and we're kind and offer love, offer hands if needed, we're there. They feel the very presence of Jesus Christ. Maybe even if you're sick or I'm sick. How we deal with that illness. I mean, illness is not good. We know that. But how we deal with it. With the dignity that we deal with it. And the hope in Jesus Christ working through us. People see that. They experience that. They come to know Jesus by what you and I do. If we do that, then we are preparing the world for the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what you and I have been baptized for. To prepare the world. We need to enjoy the goodness of the world. Yes. But we also need to be aware of the despair of the world, the pain of the world, the hatred of the world. 
and it becomes the responsibility of Christians to change that. That's why Jesus came. That's what we celebrate when we celebrate Christmas. Jesus uniting divine and humanity together, forming gradually into the Garden of Eden. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, even though it's been semi-done for about 2,000 years. Why hasn't it been effective? Because not enough people take their Christian faith to heart, or believe it, or let it shape their lives, or let it energize them, or let it cause change in the world. That doesn't mean we're going to change the entire world, but we can offer change and challenge to the little worlds that we all live in, at home, the neighborhood, at work, in our city. Ultimately, it can even develop into larger political situations if the events need that. That's what Jesus Christ, that's what we celebrate at Christmas. We celebrate the eternal promise of the Garden of Eden coming again. There's a story of an elderly lady living in a nursing home. She's been there for quite a few years. She's paralyzed except for her hands. She can move her hands and her arms. And what she has done throughout her time is she has begun to make some of the most beautiful embroidery that you could imagine. One day she was being visited by a young man and he was just amazed at the beauty of the embroidery. It was, it was birds and it was flowers and they looked so magnificent. And she says, when you look at this side of the embroidery now, you see this beauty. This is what God sees and potentially sees the world to be like. Beautiful. Then she turned the embroidery around and you saw the backside. She wasn't finished with it yet. And it had all these little tufts of needle marks and, 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 and the silk and everything was all not, didn't look good. You can see the backside, you know, if you, if you do that, you see the backside, you see it doesn't look pretty much like the front side. And she told this man, she says, this is what we see in the world. The reality of imperfection and some of the reality of non-beauty. But she says, if you come back in a week or two, I will have this completed and I will also complete the backside and both sides will look, will look absolutely beautiful. That's us. God sees the good and the beauty. The good and the beauty is here. We also live in the good and the beauty, but we also live in the unattractive. And in time, by what we do, we make the embroidery all beautiful.
That's our vision for Advent, to look back and believe in the absolute historical birth of God-made man, Jesus Christ. We look in anticipation for that second coming of Christ, depending if we're here or not. And then we look today and see the beauty, but also see the unattractiveness to which we are called to change into the beautiful. I'd like to end with a prayer. It's an, it's an American Indian prayer. In fact, it was listed on an Indian school out on a reservation. And as you were, the American Indians call God the Great Spirit. And the prayer goes this way. O oh, Great Spirit, whose voice I hear in the winds and whose breath gives life to all the world, hear me. I am small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in beauty and make my eyes ever behold the red and purple sunset. Make me wise so that I may understand the things you have taught my people. Let me learn the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and every rock. I seek strength, not to be greater than my brother or sister, but to fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me always ready to come to you with clean hands and straight eyes. So when life fades as the fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame and with my head held erect. Amen.